The new Harry Potter Go, Twitch buys Bebo, the new Hori Grip for Nintendo Switch, Mario Kart VR with Vive? Oh, don't, don't get me triggered. Casinos popping up in Grand Theft Auto, Apple MacBooks could potentially catch on fire, Facebook's new currency, and a whole lot more right here on Heine House Live. This is episode number 15. Thank you so much for joining us. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to Heine House Live, a podcast about the exciting and ever-changing world of gaming, gaming and technology. technology. Heine House Live is available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. <laughs> For all other info, including links to our community Discord, yes. live video feed, episode archive, and, and a whole host, host of other great entertainment, entertainment please visit HeineHouse.com. You've got mail. You, you've got mail. You've got mail. You, you've got mail. You've got mail. You, you've got mail. <laughs> you've got mail. You've got, you've got mail. You've got mail. You've got mail. You, you, you've got mail. <laughs> God, so good. So good. Ladies and gentlemen, hello. How are you doing? Welcome back to Heine House Live. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Jason Heine. Thanks for being here. This is episode number 15, recording this on June 23rd, 2019. It is... Uh, the beginning of summer, of course, summer's already started, yes, but I kind of feel like summer's really beginning quite rapidly around here because I'm in Arizona and the temperatures are creeping up like crazy. So it's the beginning of summer, feeling good, feeling fresh. So thanks so much for being here. Heinehouse.com is the website. If you want to take part in the show, check out some other great entertainment, uh, all kinds of great stuff happening over there. So check it out, Heinehouse.com. And of course, you want to take part, you want to interact with me on the interwebs, interact with the show. You can do that in multiple places. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those places. Just look up at Heine House. H-E-I-N-E. Of course, take an audio questions as well. Record yourself on your computer, your smartphone, uh, whatever have you. The Dixie Cup and, and string. Oh, I'm sorry. Yarn. Is it called yarn? Back in the day. Record yourself and send it over to HeineHouseLive at gmail.com. I'd love to play it on the show and answer your questions. Guess what? The show is completely supported and funded by all these amazing people on Patreon. Give it up. Round of applause. And in fact, we're doing something amazing right now on Patreon. I am celebrating my five-year anniversary on Patreon. So this is a lot of fun. I thought I'd do something special and kind of, you know, reward uh, people who join the, uh, the party Packed here. So patreon.com slash Jason Heine if you want to get in on this. You may notice if you're watching the video feed behind me, I have all of my CDs. Um, most of you know, but maybe some of you don't. I've been uh, making music and composing for a very long time uh, since, well, really the late 90s. But uh, technically from about 2001 is when I started officially. And I've been making music, kind of hip-hop, alternative hip-hop, funk, pop, rock, R&B, New Jack Swing, kind of down-tempo, up-tempo, house. I'm really influenced by a lot of stuff. So this stuff here is more of like my personal stuff, which is more hip-hop. And uh, i got some albums here dating all the way back to 2004, back when Jay was a, a young lad, a young whippersnapper. I look a lot different in these pictures, of course, but, uh, you know, I, I, I you know, like, a, like a fine wine. That's how I look at it. 
But uh, so what we're doing on Patreon, so everyone who is currently in the party pack tier right now is going to get their choice of any one of these uh, albums, physical copy. I have the Horizon Shift. This is the Portland Retro Gaming exclusive that I was selling only there at the show. So you can only get that there or by joining the party pack tier. It's a physical copy, right? Have the disc in there. This is a Horizon Shift. This is the video game that I did with a Flump Studios. Great, great to shoot them up. It's on Steam if you want to check it out. 2012's Nothing's Forever in the official sleeve here. Physical copy. The R&B right here. 2006. All right, got the old Heine House logo at the top. Check that out. Very nice. Physical copy. They're still sealed. 2006 Higher Standards right here. Right there. Good stuff. That's a big one. I think that's like 18 tracks I did on that one, right? No, 16 tracks. It's a full album. And then my very first release, Personal Invitation, right there. There it is. So you can have your choice. So how it works, all current Party Pack tiers can have one. Please, if you want to take advantage of it, write me on Patreon. Send me a private message letting me know you would like one and um, your uh, address. If you're inside the United States, I'll ship it to you absolutely free. If you're outside the U.S., uh, I have to charge a little bit for shipping. Unfortunately, they charge an arm and a leg, and uh, I like to cover some of the cost, but uh, you know, I can't cover all of it. All right, so let me know. And also, the big thing is that if you join, because of we're celebrating the anniversary, if you join uh, through the whole month of July, well, the last week of June here, and then the whole month of July, if you decide to join the Party Pack tier, you absolutely can take advantage of this deal too. Oh, almost forgot. Probably the coolest one is the Heine House USB drive, the mixtape. Did this a uh, few years ago, limited run, only made 100 copies of these, and about half of them are gone. But it is a USB and a, a Heine House branded USB thumbstick. Look at this. Boom. It opens up. Pop that in your uh, CD player, USB port. Some people have them in their cars, you know. Take it with you on the road. And uh, listen to, uh, there's music loaded in here, preloaded. Some unreleased music, some remixes, also some drum covers. And a whole bunch of other stuff on here. Very, very cool. So if you want that, you can also have one of those. And I don't have to sign it if you don't want. I mean, why ruin it, right? <laughs> but I will if you want me to. All right, how's that sound? Pretty good. So patreon.com slash Jason Heine. Let's go ahead and put the people up there again. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, I, I've been on Patreon for about five years now, and it has really enabled so many things for me. It's allowed me to continue and grow the channel. Uh, it's allowed me to get new gear and upgrades, even what you're looking at here, parts of it. And so we definitely need to continue, and I want to continue to grow. So thank you so much for your support. There's, I have a lot of people that had a long time. Lifers, I'll call you. You guys have been there from, from day one, been down since day one, and I really appreciate it. So join me over there again and send me a, a direct message in Patreon if you want to take advantage of this. Again, the party pack tier is going out to you. Thank you so much. All right, let's move on. Let's get right into the show. We have a lot to talk about, a lot of gaming news, some tech news. And I want to start things off by just talking about summer. Summer has begun. Summer is here. The temperatures are creeping up. I'm not sure that I'm necessarily ready for it just yet, but uh, I'm, I'm never ready for it. 
And I feel like every year it just gets hotter and hotter. And that's just the way that it is. But I have very fond memories of summer. And I'm going to talk a little bit about a memory of my summer. And then I'm going to flip it back to you guys. And I'd like to hear your stories about summer. Maybe you can share them in Discord with everyone. Summer for me, I have fond memories because it takes me back to a time when, for one, summer means that you weren't in school. And when you weren't in school, you're having a good time. For, for me, growing up in the Northwest, we had three months off. Um, here in Arizona, it's a little different. They get, I think, a couple weeks off. Their, their school years are really weird. It's different. Like you get two weeks on, two weeks off or something like that. And it's staggered out a little differently. But when I was growing up, it was like three months off. You know, June, mid-June, you left and then you came back uh, three months later. But during summer, of course, in the Northwest, it's beautiful. It's so nice out. And I will always spend a lot of time outside. Now, back in the day, I know this seems crazy and probably wouldn't believe it, but back in the day, we would spend a lot of time outside. And I've talked a little bit about this before, but I played basketball for, for many, many years. I, I was really heavily involved with sports. I played roller hockey with my friends. Again, basketball. Uh, I did um, a little bit of soccer before I broke my leg and never did that shit anymore. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, you know, we had a lot of fun doing stuff outside. You would play a lot outside, outdoors. In the summertime, it was really nice to do so because it would rain a lot in the Northwest. So we didn't spend a lot of time outside during um, non-summer months. But a typical day for me, the perfect weekend would be after school. If it was during a school day, we would come home from school or for just a weekend in summer. We'd go down and we'd rent games. And I know this seems weird. I know a lot of people share this same vision with me. And I just want to share it. We would go down to our local mom and pop rental store, which was called Paramount Video, if you can believe it or not. I don't know how they didn't get sued for that, but uh, they're small mom and pop. I didn't even know they were on the map. But it was called Paramount Video in Northwest. Some people in the Portland uh, Retro Gamers Facebook page and a couple other Northwest pages I've seen have posted pictures of games from that store. And I still have some because when they went out of business, fuck you, Blockbuster, we went down there and bought, I bought a lot of their games that they had, and I still have some of the stickers on there. And I love them. I don't want to get rid of them at all. I love the stickers there. But anyway, uh, Paramount Video, we'd go down, and we'd typically rent two games. And that would take us through the weekend. You know, we'd have them for whatever it is, two nights or three nights before we'd have to return them. And, you know, you'd kind of roll the dice, right? You would look at the game and read about it and look at the pictures and then base that off of your decision to rent it or not. So sometimes we would win, and sometimes we would lose. <laughs> and you guys can imagine. I mean, can you imagine walking into a rental store and renting, like, Mag Max or something? I mean, come on. Get fucking wrecked, boy. That would be shitty. Holy shit. I get home, and I'm like, okay, this game is terrible. No, but usually we'd rent some pretty good games. And then we'd have a fun weekend playing. But what we'd do is we'd rent the games, and the next door was Little Caesars. And we would go right next door and just pick up a hot and ready Little Caesars pizza. Now, this was... Back when Little Caesars cut them in squares. Do you guys remember this? This was in the 90s. They weren't, well, I mean, you could get them around, but mostly they were square. And I want to say, I mean, they're still good today. Like, you can't, you can't beat $5 cheap pizza. I call it just cheap, dirty pizza. You can't beat it for 5 bucks. Is it good? Uh, that's questionable. Is it great? No. But at $5, is it a value? Hell yes. You can't find a better deal anywhere else in town. So... That's what we would get, too, back in the day. And I feel like it was a lot better back in the day. But anyway, so we'd get our pizza, we'd get our games, and we'd drive home. We would have a wonderful Friday, Saturday night just playing video games. You know, we'd eat pizza on Friday night. 
and spend time with friends and family, just have a good old-fashioned time. And that's that's what I really remember a lot about my summers and my weekends and just having a great time, you know, being a kid. And so I feel all warm and fuzzy. I get excited when I hear that sort of thing, and I think about it. And so, you know, my question is, or I guess what I want to get at is, you heard my some of my memories there. What are some of your summer memories? Summer's beginning, and I just feel like it's a really great time to reflect on the, the times you would go down to a rental shop. I know we all have these memories. So get in Discord. Let us see your memory. And l- let us see. Let us read <laughs> and learn more about your memories. And I would love to hear about it. So would the community. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, and to get into Discord, of course, you just go to my website, heinehouse.com. Scroll to the top of the page, and you'll see a little uh, icon that says Discord. Is a picture of the logo. You can click that. And that will take you right into the Discord server. Works on mobile, works on the browser, works on your phone, your tablet, what have you. So uh, go check it out. But man, I could sure go for some Little Caesars shitty cheap pizza and maybe renting. Uh, oh, man, I remember renting. I remember renting the Super Nintendo for the very first time. And I, I know I've talked about this before, but before the system came out. Well, I mean, before I got the system, rather, you could. I, I mean, honestly, you couldn't really find the systems that. I mean, it was pretty rare. I don't know how my mom did it. I still don't know how she did it. But we would rent the system first, and I just remember, man, what a great time playing F-Zero and Super Mario World, one of the greatest. Sure did love it. So what are some of your summer memories? Let me know, and then let us know in Discord. I would love to hear about them. And speaking of Discord, want to give a shout-out to both Comeback Kid and Binary Ruse. Thank you, gentlemen, both of you, for clearing up some confusion about the Xbox Scarlet that I had last time. Uh, and you drop some knowledge and let us all know, me specifically, that uh, disc games will still be supported. It will not be all digital like we were fearing. Um, and so, again, this is a, a kind of a community reminder. Um, if I say something on here or there's something you want to add to or correct or in- inject some info or some extra stuff that I may not have read or know or, or seen yet... Oh my gosh, please do. Because that's why the whole that's the whole reason I even have Discord for this is that we can communicate and talk in there and uh and have all that happen. And I appreciate when you guys let me know that <laughs> because I was freaking out. I'm like, there's no disc. I mean, they already have the Xbox One X uh disc <laughs> dickless, right? So I was really glad to hear that they still will be supported. So good things in store. So gentlemen, thank you for uh coming back on there too. Some other random stuff before we get into some gaming stuff. Uh, yeah, I had one of my power supplies go bad on a outboard piece of gear that I use for the podcast. It's a compressor that I use, and it has, you know, one of the wall wart power adapters. Well, that went bad. And luckily, I had another one uh, that I could swap it out with with the same amperage and volts and input and output. You got to match that exactly. Uh, luckily, I had one. But that's just, I guess this is just an FYI is... You know, we have these power bricks on some of these old systems, Nintendo and Genesis and Super Nintendo and all these old systems, is that they can, and and sometimes they will go bad. So just keep that in mind. If, you have, if you're having power issues, it may not necessarily be your console. It could just be the power supply. So if you have another one, uh, swap it and test it and make sure that everything works before you start, you know, pulling the system apart and diving into that shit and taking it all apart. That's something I would do. I'd be like, oh, it's the system. I'd pull it all apart and start checking shit. No, man, just the power supply. Just get a new wall warp. See if you can do that. So uh, I guess just a little FYI. It it took a shit on me earlier, and 
well, I got to get another one at some point. So, um, so yeah, there's that. In other random news, Disney raised their prices again at Disney World. You know, they seem to do this every year, and it's it's like it's expensive enough as it is, man. But I don't know. We're at a point to where I feel like they're going to price themselves out, and it's only the fucking wealthy that are going to be able to go to these places, or if you live there locally and get a discount or whatever it is, the local pass. Um, but anyway, depending on the pass, uh, it's anywhere between twenty to one hundred and fifty dollar increase. Holy shit, man! That's a lot. That's a fucking lot, man. So can you imagine? I mean, increase up up one hundred and fifty dollar increase. Like what? That's for what a three day park hopper. Fuck, man. I've never been to Disney World. Been wanting to go. Stephanie's been there since she's from New York. It was not too far from her, but you know, it's kind of a jaunt for us here. Still would really like to go. But at this point, only the wealthy are going to be able to go. It's fucking crazy. And the last bit of random news before we jump into this week in gaming history. A man in Takushima was arrested for having ecstasy in the shape of Wario. <laughs> you may have heard this uh, come up on your news feed. This week, I definitely have seen it pop up in more ways than one. Uh, they actually look like little children's vitamins, which is kind of scary. Uh, I have a picture of it here. Oh, that's not it. Where is it? There we are. That's kind of scary. But sure enough, that is a imprint of Wario and an ecstasy pill. This is crazy. Evidently, this happens kind of often out there. And... Uh, <laughs> Remember those little Flintstone vitamins and shit that they make? It looks just like that, which is really scary. I mean, ah, 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 stop it. Stop it. Get some help. Stop it. Get some help. Get, get, get some help. All right, let's move on. We got this week in gaming history. Are you guys ready for this? You guys always tell me how much you love this segment, and I love doing it. <clears throat> so this week in gaming history is the segment where we talk about games their release dates when they came out during this week in the past corresponds with this week, which is great. Rounding out the last week in June. June 24th, 1998, Mortal Kombat 4 on PlayStation 1 was released. Wow, Mortal Kombat 4. I Honestly, I don't think I even have that one on PS1. I think the last one I own is uh, MK3. In the old big box, the long box. The long box. <laughs> 2003, Wario World on GameCube. <laughs> so funny. Wario, he makes an appearance. Just only if he knew. You know, 20 years later, he'd be featured uh, as an ecstasy pill. And that's just fucked. Just uh, ruining our childhood. Moving on to the next day, June 25th, in 2009, Wii Sports Resort on the Nintendo Wii in Japan was released. You guys all know Wii Sports is one of my all-time favorite games on the system. And I know because it was just a great tech demo, but it demonstrated so much about the Wii, its control, and just overall fun, enjoyment, gameplay. I think it's really a great, great tech demo, and, and golf and bowling are my two favorite modes on there. When Wii Sports Resort came out, I don't know, man. I just couldn't really get into it. I don't know what it was. It was maybe it was the Wii Motion Plus. It was almost it required you to be so accurate. Like I wanted to golf. I wanted to do the patented sit on the ch on the couch and golf. You know, like that. 
But in that one, you, I feel like you had to actually stand up and like fucking do it the right way. Nah, brah. I want to just sit down. I want to just hang out with my wang out. I don't want to have to stand. In 2013, Deadpool on PS3 and 360 was released. <clears throat> 2018, last year, the Crew 2, <coughs> PS4 in Japan. Oh, Crew 2. Why do you got to do me like that? Why you got to do me like that? June 26th, let's move on to the next day. In 2000, Kirby 64, the Crystal Shards on N64 was released. Great, great games. Great, great games. The Crystal Shits. Kirby. Get stuck sideways. Uh, in 2012, Spec Ops The Line on 360. And I put this one in here because when that game came out, it was, you know, it's a, it's a single player. It's very story driven. And it seems to kind of uh, today almost have this cult following. People start talking about it and be like, wow, this is a really good game. It kind of went under the radar. It did, you know, and you'll find that you'll find that later on in life. You start playing these older games. Some of them really stand the test of time. Spec Ops The Line, if you haven't played that, you really should. It's a really, really great experience and uh, one you should uh, experience. In 2014, The Shovel Knight on the 3DS and Wii U was released. They finally got that game up and running on those systems. Pretty good. Another, I mean, we've, we've had Shovel Knight on this list before on other platforms, and it's just, man, mm, so good. So, so good. June 27th in 1997, Mischief Makers in Japan was released. This always makes me think of the box that we found uh, in Stephanie's uh, grandma's attic. She, she went up there and was digging through some, some stuff to bring down here to Arizona. And she found her N64 box. And inside of this big box was all of her boxed, <laughs> a box within a box. It was all of her boxed N64 stuff, Mischief Makers being one of them. Very, very cool. I should have brought it out and had it out here on display. Uh, it's a really cool game. Uh, 2005 Midnight Club 3 Dub Edition on PSP. The PlayStation Portable. Great games. June 28th. Let's move on to the next day, shall we? In 1991, Final Fantasy Adventure in Japan. And my question is, is this just the original Final Fantasy? Or do they call it Final Fantasy Adventure? Or was it always called Final Fantasy Adventure? And I just didn't know that. Because I'm confused. Was Final Fantasy Adventure in Japan different than just Final Fantasy on NES here? Uh, I'm, I'm confused. Somebody help me. Help me out! 1996, Ninja Masters on Neo Geo was released. How about that? 96, what a year. What a year. And in 2016... Seven Days to Die on PS4 and Xbox One. A very, very popular game. In fact, still being streamed and played to this day. Very, very good. I mean, it's not that old, but, you know, it's a good game. Let's move on. We got two days left in the week here. June 29th, 1998. Oh, my gosh, 98. Oh, that was a great year, too. Banjo-Kazooie on N64 was released. Good old Banjo. Rareware. We love you guys. Here's one, 2000, Diablo 2 on PC. The game that changed everything. In 2000, same year, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 for the Dreamcast. Oh yeah, Dreamcast, baby. Love it. A, a fighting game that still is 
extremely popular, gets played in tournaments all the time, and really it uh, stands the test of time. What a great game. Uh, 2010. Let's move ahead 10 years there. Lego Harry Pooper. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, Harry Potter. Sorry, I misread that there. I got a typo. I got to clean that up. Um, Harry, Harry Potter, years one through four on the DS, PS3, PSP, Wii, and 360. All on the same day. Wow. That is some cross-platform shit. How about 2012? The Walking Dead Episode 2. Oh my goodness. I think all of us have played it now. All of us have gone through it and experienced it. All of us have cried like little babies. I know I did. Oh my goodness, you get teary-eyed. So much chopping onions. Please stop. But if you haven't played The Walking Dead, now's a, now's a great time. I mean... No time better than right now. So fun. And 2018, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. This was last year on the Switch and Xbox One. Good old Crash. Love it. And rounding out the last day in June, June 30th, in 1998, Grand Theft Auto on PS1. And no, it's not the Grand Theft Auto that you know today. It's much different. It's a, a top-down experience. You should check it out. Go watch some videos of it. But if you ever find it out there, give it a shout. It's actually starting to um, get more and more hard to find. And for whatever reason, it's getting, I don't know if it's more rare or uncommon or what, but the value of it keeps going up. <clears throat> I don't know. Me personally, I like the, la I like the latter ones. I, I, uh, I didn't get into that one too much. In uh, 1999, Driver on PS1. That was a really fun game, too. Sorry, I'm trying to fight off a sneeze here. <laughs> oh, gotta feel a little tickle in my nose. Please stop. Um, in 1999, same year, we got a couple of 99 hitters here. In 99, Mario Golf on the N64. I think it was called the Toadstool Tour, wasn't it? Or was that... What was that? Yeah, I think it was. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Something was called Toadstool Tour. I think it was golf. Because I have Mario Tennis, which is one of the greatest on that system. I don't think that was it. Excuse me. Okay, and the last game to come out in 1999. Here we go. June 30th. Pokemon Snap on N64. That's a really fun game, too. Run around. You kinda, you're on that little cart. You're kind of going around taking pictures of Pokemans. Pokemans, Pokemans. And that wraps up this week in gaming history. So fun. Oh yeah. Okay. Moving right along. Let's talk about some gaming news. We had some stuff that happened. Some stuff went down. If you're a fan, speaking of Pokemon, if you're a fan, <laughs> I, I know it's Pokemon. I just, I like to say Pokemans. I have for years. If you're a fan of the Pokemon hair, or, um, uh, Pokemon Go from Niantic, the app, the one that everyone went apeshit for, what, like three, four years ago? What, was it that long ago? Maybe not. I don't know. Three years, two years ago, something like that. If you are a fan of that game, and I know you are, I know you are out there going to malls, going to neighborhoods, fucking driving around, getting out of your car, looking for Pokeballs. You were doing that. We all were doing that. You're in luck. Because the new Harry Pooper Go has just been released from the same company. 
And in fact, it's basically the same game. Um, and please, if you play it and it's not, correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I've seen, and Stephanie has been playing it, when we go out on our walks at night, she plays it, and uh, it looks pretty much like a, a reskin of the game, just in the um, Harry Potter ecosystem. So, no, it's cool. It's a lot of fun. It's pretty awesome. And, uh, yeah, if you're a fan of that, go download it, check it out, and uh, go get off your ass, start walking around. It's uh, it's happening. It's happening right now. Uh, Steph's been playing the shit out of it. She really likes it, so check it out. Uh, evidently, Blizzard is squishing levers. And I was like, well, what does that mean exactly? Well, Blizzard recently sent out a survey to some of its player base indicating that there would be a level squish. Uh, sounds like they're going to be reducing a level cap on a lot of the new content, perhaps a way to entice newer players to come and play. So having to go from level 1 to 120 for the newest expansion can kind of seem daunting for new players. Yes, I mean, I, I understand. But it's either that or pay 60 bucks to get level boosted. Fuck that nonsense. Stop doing that, people. Um, yeah, that's fucked up. So, but anyway, from what uh, what I've been hearing, and when I cooperated this with Steph, she's telling me that the new, whatever, the battle from Azeroth is not very good anyway. So, we're talking about World of Warcraft here, by the way. So, I don't know. Uh, think, put yourself in those shoes. Would you want to be playing a game you've, you've invested time and, and money in, and you work up to get to a certain level, and then they just basically say, well, all this new content, it will be accessible for everyone that's like level five and above. Right? Is that cool? You're like, no, bro. Bruh. That's not cool. That's fucked up. And you understand why they're doing it, right? Because they want to get people to buy it, but they don't want them to feel discouraged that they can't access it if they're not high enough. Oh, God. We have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. Stop it. Get some help. That's fucked. I don't know what to tell you on that one. Some Twitch news here. Twitch buys out Bebo. I'm like, what the fuck is Bebo? Never heard about it up until recently. So, but what's happening is that Amazon is trying to expand their esports presence and uh, with their Twitch Rivals program. Um, they bought Bebo for $25 million and they've acquired it. So I guess Bebo used to be just like a social media website that kind of failed. It didn't turn out all that well. It was back in the MySpace days. You remember MySpace. And so, um, and I don't think it was primarily used in the U.S. because I haven't heard of it. Nobody that I know has heard of it. So if you're in the U.K. Um, or sort of somewhere else, uh, you know, let me know. Oh, also, speaking of outside the U.S., we have some new Australia listeners because I saw on my stats that we have some new listeners in Australia. So, hey, I don't have your, I don't have your, <laughs> your name or anything like that. It just shows that there are some listeners there. So, hey. Thanks for listening, Australia. We love you. Thank you. Um, anyway, so, yeah, so Bebo started off as a social media platform. It failed. So then he started to organize tournaments and do things like that for gamers. And they were started to run that for, some, for streamers. And, you know, that kind of work kind of didn't work. And um, I don't know, man. I, from what I understand, they're, they're spending big money on this, Bebo. So I don't know. We haven't heard of it. But all I know is that Twitch and Amazon... You know, if you're out there and you're doing shit and you're you're trying to get your esports going and you're online like that, 
I mean, look at that. They, they just came and bought it out. Who knows? Are they going to shut it down? Are they going to use it? They're going to market it. They're going to push it. I don't know. We don't know what this means yet. This is all new news. So it's very, very fascinating. But um, uh, the whole Twitch rivals thing is definitely uh, on the rise. And so what they're saying is it's going to have over 100 events um, here in 2019. So we'll see what happens with that. It's pretty fantastic. A lot of money at stake, too. They're talking about like millions of dollars in prize money over the over the course of uh, this year, which is, I mean, fucking hey, that's big money. That's big money, boy. Where was esports back when I was playing games? Damn it, I could have been in a Duke 3D, you know, esports tournament. Let God sort them out. Okay, uh, this is actually a really cool piece because. This looks very, very cool, and I'll show it to you guys here on the video feed. But Hori, our good friends at Hori, they make fantastic products. Absolutely. For years and years and years, uh, they are introducing a grip for the Nintendo Switch. And it basically looks like, to be honest, it looks like a pro controller cut in half. And then you can just clip it to your screen and use it in handheld mode. And this is great because... <sighs> Do I say this now? Do I really say this now? All right, please don't hate me, okay? It's just my opinion. I think the Joy-Cons are a great idea. I see why they made them the way they did. I know why they did it that way. But I fucking hate the Joy-Cons. And I'm sorry, okay? I'm going to go on record and say it. I don't like them. I don't like the little small nubby joystick that, by the way, was made poorly and has nothing but problems with drifting. Go look it up. Yeah, there's a fix. A lot of that shouldn't even be happening like that soon. All right. And I don't like how small it is. I don't like the throw of the analog. I don't like there's no analog triggers. Yeah, the, the, uh, the vibration and like haptic feedback is really, really good. They've nailed that. But overall, it's just not a good input. This is my opinion. Okay, and you may love it, and that's and that's great. But you know, I hate it, and that's great. So you know, we'll we'll agree to disagree, and that's totally fine. So when I see something like this pop up, this gets me really, really excited. So Hori is coming to the table with this new uh, this new Switch controller. Uh, it doesn't look dinky at all. It looks actually pretty robust and big. Uh, it's about you know, well, you know, fuck it. Let me just show you. I guess there's turbo buttons on it. it has a Oh, yeah. Here we go. Let me pop this up. Take a look at this. Look at that thing. Isn't that nice? Looks like it has a proper joystick on both sides. Has a has the proper A, B, and X, and Y. And uh, hopefully the D-pad is there. Uh, oh, I mean, I know it's there, but hopefully it's legit and it works good. That's always kind of been the weakest link. And even on the Pro Controller, the D-pad can kind of be weird. But uh, this looks nice. Look at that. With a little trigger on the back. A little clippity-clop. I'm telling you, I'm down for this. I am down for that. It looks pretty good. I'm, I want to buy that. Uh, Pre-orders listed on Amazon right now for $49.99 US dollars and will be released September 30th. 50 bucks. Yeah, 50 bucks. That's kind of a steep one. Um, so you have to pick and choose how you want to do this. If you're a gamer that plays in handheld mode a lot, 
this would probably make the most sense, obviously, because it's for handheld mode. Duh. Um, but one thing to keep in mind, too, and this may may or may not sway you on your decision to purchase it. So there are a few drawbacks. It's kind of like a stripped-down pro controller, okay? And what I mean by that is that um, it doesn't have an internal battery, all right? So it's just going to run off the, the juice that uh, the screen has, all right? So it doesn't have its own batteries. Uh, so that would mean that it doesn't have any rumble and doesn't have any gyro sensor, no infrared, and... Uh, no NFC communication or vibration. So, yeah. It's kind of a stripped-down, bare-bones thing. And if all of those features are something you need, you probably want to stick with the uh, Joy-Cons. I think this would be great to have. Just for the, just for the proper joystick alone. I would be, I'd be all for that. Yeah, one last look at it. Looks good. Huh? Huh? See if we can zoom in. Can I zoom in? There we go. Look at that. Pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down for that. All right. Moving right along. Okay. Speaking of Switch, some more Switch news. Now, I'm going to just go. I'm going to just tell you. This shit is rumored. Okay. And I typically, I typically don't like to report on rumors, per se. You know, because I don't want to, like, stir the pot or you know, sway into like, oh, this is real. I pretty much know when bullshit's bullshit, right? This is completely bullshit. No official word has been announced yet, but I wanted to show this because I think it's really fascinating that somebody photoshopped something that they feel like would be a, a Switch Mini or whatever. Because the article's coming out... Okay, you probably have already heard of them. The articles that came out this week was like, we now have official uh, confirmation that new Switch consoles are... In development. Well, no shit, Sherlock. Dig deeper, Watson. No shit. Pretty much. Here's. <laughs> I say I'm I'm get I'm getting fucking triggered because I hate clickbait, right? Pretty much, you can guarantee that once a console gets released, at the very latest. A year later in its life, the new system is already in development, in the planning, in the sketching. Like, it's already there. Like, it's like the newest iPhone. Like, Apple knew in 2006 when they released the iPhone that for the next 10 years, this is going to be the plan. They already knew that. They already knew that we're going to release the same phone for the next 10 years and upgrade it, so on, so on, so on. So Nintendo, back when they made the Wii U... They already knew what they wanted to do with the Switch. So we already know this sort of thing. But, again, I, I'm beating a dead horse here. What is, it's, it's pretty cool is that somebody came up with some Photoshop stuff to... Boom, there it is. Uh, at least look at. Look at it. It's new. It comes in a case. It's got a little clear plastic thingy. And I think, I think this is... I think it looks good. You know, I think it looks cool. It's Photoshop, so it's not real. But uh, it's basically two Joy-Cons that are physically and always connected to the uh to the switch <laughs> it's pretty much all it is and let me just tell you if that's really the case they really need to improve the joy cons because if you got a fucked up joy con on this and you got to replace like the whole fucking unit bruh what's wrong with you what, what what's wrong with you you got a real problem so yeah and 
I don't I don't know. I don't know about that. It just looks kind of cool though. If you're a handheld gamer, again, if you really like handhelds, then this might make sense. Like, why would this make sense though? You're gonna dock it and the controllers are connected, so you have to have more Joy-Cons or you have to have a pro controller to now take advantage of it. It's like the Switch Mini. Now it's only in handheld mode and it's smaller. It's only available in the smaller size with a smaller screen. Wait, 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 wait. We're going backwards. <laughs> in most cases, having a new console be a uh, mini is good, right? Yes, that's good. But we're talking about the Switch, which has the screen built into it. I mean, you might as well just play on your fucking phone, right? Might as well just fire up your phone. Play on your tablet. Play on your iPad or your Kindle or something. I, I don't know. And does that does that appeal to you? Because it doesn't really appeal to me having a Switch Mini. And by the way, I'm just gonna say it. I don't think I want a Switch that's smaller. <laughs> Fucking a, dude. I mean, the Joy Cons are small enough. God, can you imagine any sausage fingers trying to play that fucking thing? Just like mm, hot dogs, just fucking slapping. No way. Fucking sausage fingers. There's no fucking way. I mean, when your thumb takes up half the controller just by itself, that's fucked. I want to show this picture, too. We got Mario Kart in VR. Check it out. Look at that. I was talking about this with Steph today. I was like, wait a minute. Let's take a look at this. Uh, and I'm like, wait, are they? She goes, oh, it's Mario Kart in VR. And I go, yeah, what are they doing with Labo? Come on, bro. Bruh, bruh, bruh. She goes, no, no, they're actually doing it with Vibes. And I go, let me see that shit. I'm like, oh, we got to put that picture in there. Look at this shit, dude. They are playing Mario Kart VR, which is actually branded that, as you can see the name. It's a real name, Mario Kart VR. They're, it's definitely in Japan somewhere. You can see by the text. But they have fucking HTC Vibes hooked up. I guess he's Luigi. And I guess she's Mario. And you can see them sitting in kind of like a makeshift cart. Like sit-down cart with a seat and a steering wheel, a racing wheel and everything. They're elevated. There's a monitor there behind them so you can kind of see what's going on. And they have their hands up like they have an item. So they're fucking driving around with the wheel. They got their hand up with their shell, probably your item or bananas or whatever. And they can throw it and it will, it will throw the weapon, the item. That's crazy. Okay. I want to play that. I want to play that. That looks amazing. Let me check out my notes on here. Game launched June 12th. At VR zone, VR zone portal. Oh, it's in Irvine. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, I thought it was in Japan. They must have just went in. Oh, man. They must have like shipped it in and set it up. Lo located at the K1 Speed Entertainment. Oh, K1. That's the go-kart place, right? Maybe, I don't know. I'll have to look that up. Um, we have a K1 Speed here in Arizona, but it's a go-kart like racing place, which would make sense. How fucking makes sense? My mind is being blown right now. Multiplayer VR experience runs on HTC Vives. Can incorporate four players at a time. You'll be able to choose between Mario Kart VR and a ski rodeo. It's done by Bandai Namco, the company behind 
Mario Kart VR hopes to bring the game to more states in the U.S., but hasn't announced which cities will be next. Please bring it to Arizona and everywhere else. We all want to play it, Bandai. We all want to play it. Let's get it going, bruh. And if you don't... What, what, what's, what's wrong with you? Bruh, bruh, bruh. Oh, man. God, I'm getting heated on it. That's exciting. Can you imagine? I mean, VR is like I love VR right now. I'm really I'm really like vibing. I'm really vibing on it. Oh, maybe I'll just leave. Maybe I just walk away. That's the show. I want to thank so much for watching. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> you guys uh, heard heard this earlier. Casinos are coming to Grand Theft Auto Online. First, I'm like, no, nah, they're not going to be real casinos, are they? The exact details on how this is going to work haven't really been clarified yet, so we don't technically know, but it seems like it will serve as another business for players to run in-game along with their card detailing that they have. Uh, you can also run nightclubs and do drug runs and stuff like that. Uh, already so to incorporate casinos is kind of just another uh, avenue for that um you'll be able to hang out with friends in game and invite them to your casino and do that sort of thing and i think this is going to be interesting to see how they really play out with this are you going to be using in-game currency which i assume yes but what are the real world implications of doing that and because you have to purchase in-game credits right to then use in-game, is that how it works? Because, I mean, honestly, I, I played Grand Theft Auto Online for, like, a week when it came out. I fucking spawned in, walked outside, and a whole mob of people fucking terrorized me, destroyed me, took everything, took my car, took my loot, killed me, and then just, like, like fucking gang wars. Dude. They just walked out. I'm like, what? This is dumb. I did not like the world. You had to go in there, and it was almost like Battle Royale. Like, everyone's out for each other. Like, no, man, I want to just play and do my thing, but I got fucked over. So, yeah, I'm actually really interested to see how this will play. <laughs> Honestly, dude, if it's, like, real legit, like, money and people can come gamble. Fuck, I'm setting one up, bro. I am setting one up. Y'all can come over. We can gamble. We can have some fun. Whatever. Shit is nuts. I mean, what a concept to be able to make, like, real money in the game. That's crazy. That'd be cool. Here's a little throwback to all of all the Doom fans, all the Doom lovers out there. Somebody used the neutral network to draw the 1993 Doom guy and high res. Now, we are living in a world of AI. It's every day it grows. Every day it gets more. And it's just something we have to accept. And there's lots of things that are happening in the AI world that aren't necessarily like a robot or like an automated car or, you know, automation. It's, well, I guess that it would be automation. It'd be automation in inputting something and then having it figure out the details or the algorithms and then outputting something, right? So you put in something, it calculates, it spits out something else. And this is what we have here. So the image was fed into StyleGAN. This is NVIDIA's AI system that people have used to create photorealistic portraits and nightmarish Pokemon sprites. <laughs> now, NVIDIA has been working on several other things. I don't recall off the top of my head. There's another one that they 
fuck, I think I reported on it like last month, but they have some software where you have this blank canvas and you just draw like lines, a few lines, like green line, a couple brown lines going up, kind of blue scribbles at the bottom, maybe a yellow circle here, and that's it. Like kindergarten elementary looking shit. And then it goes in and makes this beautiful, like, fucking portrait, this beautiful picture. It's crazy how it does it. Something similar to that. But also, this is NVIDIA StyleGAN, it's called. And it took some time for it to render and make, but it made Doomguy. Here's the picture. What? Does that not look cool or what? So you see on the top is the original Doom guy and all of its pixel glory. And then below is the AI rendered version of the same guy. Fucking insane. That it looks like him and it looks like a real person. Like that could be my profile pic on Facebook. <laughs> That's crazy. So, like, that right there just shows you that we are living in a world of AI. The shit is getting smarter. They're going to take over the world. And I really hope that when the time comes that they are going to attack and invade, they don't kill me first. Matter of fact, maybe I should ask if I'm going to be on the chopping block. No, I don't want to do that. Actually, <laughs> I don't want to touch my mixer. Because remember last time I was having audio issues, and I think it sounds okay right now. But my mixer is failing as well, and my master bus is, like, spotty. So I don't even want to touch it. Fuck that. I'm just leaving it. <laughs> it's working. Leave it. Which, knock on wood, I don't even want to say anything too loud, or the computer might freak out. But we're not having any USB issues or camera issues like last time. God. I was earlier today. I don't even want... You know, fuck it. We're going to continue on. We're not even going to go there. Not even going to go there. All right, Doom Guy. That's pretty fantastic. Okay, so after E3, I was watching some follow-up interviews, and there was a really great interview done uh, by Kotaku, and I want to talk about it because Phil Spencer, the head of Microsoft, said some things and talked about some stuff that I thought was actually really, really inspiring and felt really wholesome and honest and real. And what's weird about this is I don't usually get... Like, I don't usually have, like, a connection to, to people that are, like, I, I guess I could say, like, the puppet of the company who are, like, the spokesperson. You typically don't really get too connected. But I found myself looking at Phil Spencer a bit different after this. And I have a lot of respect for the man. Kind of like how we all uh, we did with Reggie as well before he left. You know, we, we kind of got really attached to the man. And uh, we miss him. What's wrong with you? So Phil Spencer, uh, who is the, the spokesperson of Microsoft, head of Microsoft, um, was talking about the new direction that Microsoft is going as a whole, kind of not necessarily focusing on consoles anymore as much as they are services. So I wrote some notes here. Actually, I put a couple of big paragraphs here, and I'm going to try to weed through it and talk about some stuff. But I want your input on it, too. I think this is a really, really cool topic. Folks, I'm going to say it again. We are living in a... A drastic gaming change. The climate is changing right in front of our eyes. As I say this, we are completely changing 
the gaming landscape. We are going not from hardware or consoles. We are moving on from that. It's happening. We may not even realize it. But it's happening in front of our eyes. We are moving on from hardware and we're moving into software and services. And that's the two turn that's the two words you're going to hear a lot from all these companies, software and services. Phil Spencer talked about some things. The new direction of Microsoft, these are my notes, I feel are both new and radical for the video game industry. Microsoft as a company are using taglines like, and they did say this in E3 when they came out, play the game, I quote, play the games you want with the people you want wherever you want. The interview went on, they were asking him, Kotaka was asking some questions, it's all in text here. You can read the whole interview on their website, which you should, it was really, really inspiring. But I had some quotes here, I wanna read this out, just to give a, a reminder. I think this, again, as we talk about this, this is a really, really big moment in gaming, so I think we should, we should really remember this as really the start of uh, how the landscape is now changing. Phil Spencer went on to say, this scenario that always just drives me crazy is, I'm a parent, you're a parent. We live in the same neighborhood. We have kids. You go to Best Buy and you happen to buy an Xbox. I go into Best Buy and I happen to come out with a PlayStation. Our kids wanna play Minecraft together and they simply can't. And I think overall, as a gaming, as gaming industry, how does this not grow gaming? It's changing. It's not just us. We've made great inroads with Nintendo. That started back when we were going to ship our first party games on Xbox and PC at the same time a few years ago. Essentially, you're reducing the need for an Xbox. I actually find that in reality, people play on a console because they enjoy playing on a television, on the couch, with a controller in their hands. It's an experimental thing more than ever, and it's not necessarily trying to sell an individual a device. To shorten it, he says, we focus on the player, we don't necessarily focus on the device. And his last quote here on that uh, interview said, "It's a, the business is selling software and services. That's it. Folks, we are living in a, claim, a, a climate change in gaming, and uh, Google Stadia, You've got the uh, xCloud. You've got all these companies that are going to be investing big bucks and big dollars into trying to get you to purchase their service, just like Netflix does and movies and a whole host of, everyone, of others. But this is how it's going to be with gaming. And I will say it again. I will say it once again for everyone. One thing we're not prepared for, and it's crazy. It's like It's almost like... We need to ramp, like, they're trying to push this model because they want to get there first, and I understand it, and they already know this, but the biggest issue is not their service necessarily. It's that our ISP, our internet service providers, our service, it's not ready for it. It's not going to be able to handle that bandwidth, not going to be able to handle the download, the upload. We are going to be hitting data caps so hard, so, so hard. We're going to be hitting data caps harder than that girl who threw that shovel at that other girl and that fucking smack was heard around the world. You guys remember that? on What was it, on Vine or something? They were all like battling it out and then the girl grabbed a shovel. It was fucking brutal. She threw the shovel at her from like 
20 feet away and it, the shovel hit her in the head. And it was just like whack. And she fell down and started crying. And it was crazy. Like, why are we laughing at this? But it was so loud. <laughs> so, God. God, what the hell? It's so morbid. That was the, that was the fucking shot heard around the world, man. Insane. So what do you think about all that? What do you think about the gaming change? What do you think about this climate? Are you down for it? Because uh, we don't really have a choice. What's going to happen? Yeah, man. Well, again, this is something we, we, we seem to keep bringing up and talk about because it is happening right now. Ten years ago, this wasn't happening. We weren't talking about it, but right now we are. It's a real deal. I don't know, man. We're going to have to see how it plays out. I don't know that I'm necessarily like sold on it or that I'm necessarily happy or like thrilled about it i tend to like hardware and pieces i can hold on to and touch and play with but it's just not what we're gonna get anymore all right some more gaming news we're gonna move on here uh let me know in discord about all that microsoft stuff i think that's a really good topic uh alpha protocol was removed from steam you may or may not have noticed the spy rpg was removed from digital platforms why oh there was speculation that uh, Microsoft bought out Obsidian and uh, people were going crazy thinking about what the hell's going on. Turns out it was music licensing issues. Bruh. <laughs> and this is the problem that you run into. Now, I haven't played Alpha Protocol, but typically when you have music licensing issues, the fact is they've used commercial music, all right, that's owned, um, you know, by either a record label, a publisher. Uh, or a company, or a third-party licensing company, and you know you negotiate. Now, I'm I'm in the music industry, you know, on an independent level, so I understand this uh, as it applies to independent musicians and and some commercial stuff too. But that's pretty much how it works. You negotiate a contract that has licensing for X amount of time. Now, that can also apply to brands. That's why when we saw in Crazy Taxi, when they got rid of Tower Records, Pizza Hut, and a bunch of others, and all the music from, um, um, oh my God, why can't I think of it? All the great music that was in that game from, uh, yeah, 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 Offspring, thank you. Um, we have licensing issues. And so when they rebranded the game, brought it back out, you notice all that was gone. So that's kind of the issue that we run into when that happens. And so this happened with Alpha Protocol. Uh, wasn't available for purchase anymore. It was gone for a while. And, um, you know, the same sort of thing happened actually in another game I was thinking about is OutRun. Remember OutRun? It was on Steam. And uh, it was Sega's license with Ferrari. They could not negotiate to get that license back. And so the game was pulled from all platforms. And it's so sad, man. The PC version is so fucking good. It runs 1080p, 60 high res. Like, it's beautiful. Luckily, luckily I bought it back in the day and have it, but, and we reported on this on all gen gamers a long time ago. I remember we were like, Hey, holy shit. Next week it's going, it's going under. So guys go out and buy it. And we were telling everyone to go buy it back in the day when that one, I think that was 2011 when that went under, but, uh, uh, but anyway, the game still does have a chance to come back if uh, they can negotiate uh, rights to the music or, just change the music, which typically happens if the game's really popular. They'll just change it, bring it back up there. Oh, here's a fucking whopper. Here's a doozy for you. I don't know what the fuck I'm reading. 
our good friends at EA. They're not loot boxes, they say. This is fucking great. This, this honestly is so fucking EA. This is so something they would say. Right up their assholes. Carrie Hopkins, EA's VP of Legal and Government Affairs. I bet you he's a busy man. Insist that the company's randomized purchases are not loot boxes, but rather surprise mechanics. Come on, bro. Bruh. This is stupid. Don't even say shit like that. This is so something EA would say. This is so dumb. Oh, care. It's a, it's a, it's a she. I'm sorry. Okay. It's a, she claims that they're ethical and fun. <laughs> I bet you she is a very busy person over there at EA. Um, surprise mechanics that involve real world money and can get you in game items randomly. I mean, it's not like you're paying for the fucking items you want. Oh, yeah. You want that outfit? Well, you can buy some chances. Give us some real money. We'll give you some chances to win it. We have said this time and time a fucking again. I have said this a million times and you guys are sick of hearing me say it. But once again, it's up in the news. Here we are. Now they're calling it surprise mechanics. It's fucking gambling. You don't know what you're going to get. You're spending real money for a chance to get shit. You don't know what you're getting. It's bullshit. It needs to stop. We need to stop buying them. We need to stop it. We need to come together and make this stop. That's the end of the gaming news. Ha <laughs> ha! How about some tech news? Yeah, we got some tech stuff that's been happening. Couple things going on. Apple's in the news again. Why? Well, because they have a recall on their older MacBook Pros because the batteries could catch fire. Now, you hear about this stuff, and yes, it is. Hey, lithium-ion batteries, they're much, much better than they were a long time ago. And yes, it's all possibility that things can catch fire. But when you hear about it, it's kind of scary, you know? Evidently, it's a 2015 MacBook Pro with the Retina display, as they, quote, may pose a safety risk. All right, so, I mean, what does that mean exactly? That means they probably have, they've done some tests, and they have some batteries that are prone to either uh, getting too hot and exploding or catching fire or, or whatnot. So they have to recall them. They have to recall them. Apple says a limited number of units sold between September 15... Oh, I'm sorry. Between September 2015 and February 2017. Whoa. Three years. Wow. Or two and a half years. Uh, but you can, if you have a MacBook Pro 2015, 2016, 2017, you can go to Apple's support page where they have an article. You can check your serial number and cross-reference to see if your MacBook Pro is on the recall list. So I suggest you go do so now. I like the 2015 MacBook Pro. It has the keyboard that I like. I'm not really a huge fan of their new keyboards, even though I do like the little like bar at the top, whatever it's called, the touch bar. And I know it's kind of pointless. I got rid of all the F keys or the function keys. 
but it's kind of it's kind of cool looking. I don't know if it's that functional or if it helps. Some people say it's pretty cool. I I don't have one, so I don't know, but it looks nice. So anyway, if you've got one of those, go to their website and get a new battery. Because not only that, you've got a you've got a MacBook Pro with a two year old battery. You're gonna get a new battery, and it's gonna last. I mean, your charge is gonna be much better. It's gonna last a lot longer. This is a great time. Poof, get your ass in there. Get a new battery. Hell yeah. Speaking of some gadgets, Asus, their new ROG Phone 2 is confirmed to have 120 hertz display. That is going to be silky smooth, man. That's that's more than most monitors. Now, in, in PC gaming, we've been above 60 for a while now. We all know that. Uh, I run an Asus 144 hertz over here. It was set up for 3D and VR, stuff like that, but uh, I don't use it for that. I bought it to get the high frame rates. But most of us have been hovering right around 60. That's pretty much the target. It's where we want to be. That's where the most, that's where the best, best gaming's at. It's at 60. You know, I'm a frame rate horse. I don't fuck with my frame rate. <laughs> um, yeah, but the new Asus ROG phone. Okay, so the ROG phone one that came out had a 90 hertz display. And people seem to really like that, although it didn't wow everyone. Um, but this one, the new ROG phone two, is expected to be revealed sometime late June or July of this year i think it was last year around this time the first rog phone was introduced so that's what the speculations are i mean 120 hertz that's pretty good i mean not just gaming though like think about it not just gaming i think doing all your normal tasks just browsing on the phone or browsing the internet or just doing whatever on your phone will be really nice buttery smooth it's kind of nice i would like to see that to be honest if you have a ROG Phone 1, let me know. And if you're planning on getting the ROG Phone 2, let me know. Let us know in Discord. Let us know. It's pretty cool. This was fascinating. I remember this. This happened last week here. The Google Google Calendar dies one hour after they tweet about how awesome it is. <laughs> I remember this happened on Tuesday. I was at work, and we use Google Calendar at our work. And uh, we use it for lots of things. And <laughs> primarily to schedule things. <laughs> Duh. Um, it was about 10.05 a.m. Tuesday on the 18th. It went down. Evidently, Google tweeted out about how great G Suite is and how their calendar app makes scheduling simpler and it makes it so much easier. And then, boom, it went down. Crash. It was only down for a few hours. 1.20 p.m., it was back up and running. But isn't that funny? Like, they make a tweet about, like, oh, our calendar is so amazing. And then people are like, oh, yeah, no shit. Like, let me schedule my trip to the kitchen. Let me schedule my trip to go take a shit. Like, 2 p.m., boom, 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 they're all scheduling shit, and it crashes it. Think about how many people need to be logging into Google Calendars for it to crash. Whoa. Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Facebook's also in the news talking about their new uh, cryptocurrency called Libra. Uh, here's a quote from the article I read about Libra. Libra's mission is to enable, this is from Facebook, this is their quote. Libra's mission is to enable a simple global currency, an infrastructure that empowers billions of people. Uh, the article I read, they're talking about lots of details, like very, very tech de details about it, way over my head. They were talking about the language it was written in and how, how to code and all this stuff about it. Just 
honestly very very fascinating and something you probably should look into because this is going to be this is a real thing and it's really happening but evidently it's written in language called rust i've never heard of rust i mean i've heard of c and c plus and uh, python and i've heard of some others but i've never heard of rust i don't know if it's new that's a new language i have no idea i'm not a coder so i wouldn't i wouldn't know um here's the thing so facebook tried to get um backing from um credit card companies and not all of them agreed because what facebook requires is that they hand over a bunch of data that they have to facebook in order to help and so some of these credit card companies are like yeah no no we're not giving you that data you know facebook that's all they want is the data well visa did help out and lend a hand so they do have backing and support from visa which is crazy but uh, yeah some others didn't give support but honestly the 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 reach of facebook is so long and so strong you know they just have they have money they have they have fuck you money to do whatever they want this is a real thing we're gonna see this cryptocurrency come out fascinating very very fascinating keep an eye on that i don't know man i i don't know how i feel about it to be honest i i'm i don't think i'm going to be buying any libra bucks and <laughs> and to be uh to doing that but you never know what's going to happen um and then finally we move on here to samsung this was really, this was really funny too Samsung is asking users to please scan their TV for viruses. And you may be thinking, wait, what the fuck am I reading? I don't know what the fuck I'm reading. So they went on Twitter and and they and I didn't I didn't know they did this. I went to their Twitter after reading this article and seeing what their support page. Their support page does have really nice technical posts about um you know how to do certain functions with the TV. It has a little remote. It shows where to go in the menu. They're like 20 seconds, 15, 20 seconds. Just like, like how do you find your color settings? Oh, it's it's do 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 do. It's really nice, intuitive. That's that's fucking helpful. Like that's great. And for a support page, that's pretty good. I'm glad they're doing that. But this is this was really funny. Is so they made it a, a tweet last week and they talked about um, for users who have their TV. Uh, they're, it's their QLED TVs. If they're connected to the Wi-Fi, Harold, Harold, help me with this Wi-Fi. Harold, I can't connect this to the Wi-Fi. What do I do with Wi-Fi? Do I touch the Wi-Fi? Do I play with the Wi-Fi? Harold, what do I do with this Wi-Fi? Help with the Wi-Fi. If you connect your QLED TV to the Wi-Fi, then you are at risk for viruses and malware. Holy shit! We are living in a world where your TV can get infected. You know what would be really fucking funny? Is if your QLED TV got infected with malware and all it would do is just play porno. That would be fine for me. Let it happen. There's nothing wrong with that. You know what? You want to come hack my TV? Hack my TV. Just, you know, don't play that bullshit. 
No, but it is a serious, I, I'm joking, but it is a serious problem that we we really need to take a serious look at. Um, so on Twitter, they, they followed us up with like, hey, uh, don't forget Samsung QLED TV uh, users, make sure to once in a while scan your TV for malware and viruses. And then they followed it up with a short video on how to do so. But you know what's funny? <laughs> and I tried to go find this video and I couldn't find it because once they posted this, they quickly deleted the tweet and, and took it down. They made a, a follow-up post later. But they posted the video and it was a, a it was 16 button presses. 16 button presses on the remote to get to the menu and deep into the system settings to scan your TV. Now here's the thing. In their defense, scanning your TV for viruses and malware and stuff isn't something you do every day. So I understand that they would put it somewhere deep in a menu far away. Okay, I understand that. But 16 button presses? For fuck's sake, man. For fuck's sake. That's crazy. So after they post that, they got so much backlash, so much backlash that they deleted the tweet got rid of it and they made a follow-up post about you know the typical yada yada bullshit like oh security is extremely important to samsung we take every effort to make sure that la yada 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 okay and here was the part that really triggered people and i can understand this when you scan your tv for malware or viruses evidently it's mcafee security for tv that's what it's called. McAfee Security for TV. It's an actual program. Oh my God. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? And anyone who knows the virus, like if we, if we were 15 years ago talking about this, you know, virus programs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In today's, in today's world, like you really don't need any of that fucking virus scan bloatware bullshit, you know? Even when I was on XP, I knew if I was going to get infected, I'm going to get infected. There's no fucking way around it. All those do is tell me, hey, you're fucked. It's like a radar detector. All that pretty much tells you, hey, you're fucked. And I've had radar detectors in my car, but I've had them. You know, like it's basically like you're fucked. There's nothing you can do. You want to stop and get a jammer, get a get a fucking jam. Well, I don't know. I think those are illegal. So maybe maybe not. Maybe you don't want to do that, but. You know, that's how you get around shit like that. So this is really, really funny. But again, guys, gals, let's talk about this a second. This is a serious, serious thing. So 10 years ago, our TVs weren't connected to the internet. They weren't connected to the Wi-Fi. Harold, they weren't connected to the Wi-Fi. Not one bit. So now they are. And this is actually a serious problem that could happen if your TV gets infected. It actually raises way more questions than answers. I started, I wrote down a few lists of these. Is there real danger? Should the scan of viruses be automatic? Should the TV do it for you? Should it not? Do you want it to get involved? Do you want it to interrupt what you're doing to scan? Right? Do you want it to try to protect you automatically? Do you want that control? Do you want to be responsible for doing that? There's a lot of questions. How do you delete that malware once it's there? How do you get rid of it? What happens when I get infected? What happens when the virus is on there? 
What can I do to be proactive? Why are there what about where's it coming from? Are there are there bogus apps in the store I'm downloading? Am I checking email? Am I downloading attachments? What's going on here? Do I have to pay for more extra security? Do I have to pay monthly McAfee? See all these questions? This is fucking nuts, dude. This is something we all are gonna have to deal with here. I said on here, the shit is fucked, boy. The shit is fucked. Yeah, looking for any hot shingles. I don't know, man. That's that's a lot to take in. I don't know uh, what's going to happen. So, I guess, in my opinion, until we know more, until we can kind of figure out what's going on here, I guess the best practice is to just not connect your TV to the Wi-Fi. But then what the fuck is the point of buying the TV with Wi-Fi and all that and the apps? Then what's the point? Why spend the extra money for it? See, you're just like, ah, you're shooting yourself in the foot. You can't win. You can't win. But I guess another way around it is that don't connect your, your TV to that way, fate, And just use all of your streaming apps, like your Amazon Fire, your Roku, your console, your Netflix box, whatever have you. Just use all that stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I still have a CRT and an old-ass Toshiba from 2006. Bro! What's wrong with you? So, I don't have a smart TV. My TVs are dumb. I have dumb TVs. <laughs> but, I love them. Dumb or not, I love them. That wraps up tech news. <laughs> All right. To round out the podcast tonight, we are going to be going into Discord and we're going to be talking about last week's, actually the last two weeks, uh, hashtag community event, hashtag limited edition. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to show off some pictures. Again, just to remind everyone, what we do every week is we have a community event. Um, you don't win any prizes or anything, but it's just something fun that we do. We can all talk and communicate and show off some of our cool stuff and just get involved with the podcast on Discord. It's a lot of fun. So last Two weeks, because we did a two-parter episode. Um, we did hashtag limited edition. And uh, we're going to go show off some limited edition stuff here for everyone to see. I'm going to hop into Discord. There it is. Boom. Let me scroll to the top, and I'll, I'll pop on the uh, the old feed there so you guys can see. We actually had a lot of really, really great stuff come through. And uh makes me very, very happy that you guys all participated um here we go there's some game boy advanced stuff there we go okay <laughs> you see look there's our funny thumbnail from last week that we did <laughs> all right so scrolling on down uh we have some stuff here there's a comeback kid letting us know what what happened here the man digital rhino coming through with, uh, oh, this was my favorite GBA stuff. I still love this, though. I don't think I showed this last time. Maybe I did. But I love, look at this challenge set there in box. He said he bought it from uh, the same Fred Meyer 13 years ago. Northwest represent. And Brian with his awesome Lego. I've been playing a little bit of that Forza uh, Lego. And I honestly, oh, I should talk about this. No, whatever. I'll, I'll talk about it briefly. I first was not excited for it at all. I'm like, why the fuck are we getting this Lego thing? It's not not very good. Have you guys gone in and actually played the races? Dude, the tracks, the track layout, design, the the types of races, the 
the tracks are fun. They're really good races. They have great corners. There's some great technical elements to it. Then they have that. Uh, uh, they have the stadium there with actual track. Like they have an oval. They have different tracks inside there. Dude, why did they make that one better than the Great Britain um, normal game? Fucking nuts, man. Just nuts. Can't believe it. Um, the homie Drax. Hey, welcome to the channel there. Look at that. He shows some of his current setup there. Look at that nice CRT. Let's see if I can zoom in on this. Get a bigger picture here. He's got a CRT set up there. Love it. Look at that. He's got a Super Nintendo there. He's got his Super Famicom. Look at that. He painted it green. Look at that. Looks like uh, some cool stuff going on there. He's got his Sega Saturn. Got his Mega Drive and PS2 down there. But the real winner is that Nintendo branded TV. And look at him. He's the, he's the hooded he's the hooded hoodlum. There he is. Drax. <laughs> Thank you for your submission there. It looks really good. Love it. Scroll down a little bit here. Maverick, the homie Maverick. Call of Duty Zombie Shelf. He said his cousin made this. Oh, let's zoom in on this. Maverick, this is looking good here. Looks like a good place to go over and have some few drinks. Look at that. <laughs> this is awesome. Drink a juggernog. That's a good nog. Ten cents. Made with real eggs. Oh, he's got his little Call of Duty. He's got his little cod, little fish and chips. The monkey bomb. Very cool. You guys go check this out. You guys can go see all these pictures that we're looking at on Discord. They're all in there. Very, very cool. And, of course, you got all the chatter going on with people. They're giving some eggplants. It's always a good time. So, yeah, lots of good stuff. Lots of good stuff. You guys can go check it out and uh, give it a shout. Lots of great pictures in here. This was stuff we've seen earlier. We posted. So... Go give it a whirl. The homie Andy. I know this is Andy's room just by looking at it. Plot is life, Andy. Plot is life. The bro likes to collect Hot Wheels, that's for sure. So cool. So cool. Lots of great stuff. Wow, what a setup. What a setup. This was earlier. We did a, did a different hashtag event for this. So Anyway, yeah, there you go. There you go. Good stuff in there in Discord. So thanks, everyone, for participating. Probably be asking, well, what's the new community event now? Actually, I have a fun one that is going to take a little bit of thought. You guys are going to have to think about this. I'm really curious to see how you interpret this. It may not be very clear at first, but think about it. Because we've entered summer, because I talked about my summer memories, because I hope you will share some of your summer memories in Discord, hashtag summer. Hmm. Maybe a game that stands out to you in summer. Maybe uh, has maybe some tech related stuff. Maybe something that you like to do in summer. It can be any of that. Maybe it can be a beautiful picture of just nature. Maybe summer. Who knows? Maybe it could, maybe uh, it could be a picture of that uh, dead or alive volleyball beach volleyball. Um extra big plot addition. Right, Andy? Right? Might be. I don't know. Think about that. Hashtag summer. And of course, everywhere else, heinehouse.com is the website. Folks, quick reminder again, patreon.com slash Jason Heine is where you go. 
And I appreciate everyone who shows love there. And uh, again, this show is supported by your support there. 100%. The reason why the show is even here is because of all these lovely people you see on your screen. Thank you so much. And running now through the whole month of July, I'm going to be talking about it on every episode. If you join the Party Pack tier, you have access to get one of these. I just wanted to do something special for the anniversary. Five years on Patreon. You know, I want to do something cool. And, you know, I just... I have these, you know, physical copies. It's kind of like CDs are going out, man. No one will, you know, like, you can't get them anymore. So I'm like, fuck, I've got some. I made a lot of them back in the day. Let's uh, let's give some away. So uh, if you're in the United States and uh, you uh, join Patreon and the Party Pack tier, uh, I'll cover the cost. It costs about six bucks for me to ship it anywhere in the U.S. So um, you can kind of see the breakdown there. If you're outside the U.S., it costs much more than that. I think it costs... Anywhere between like 12 to 15. So uh, probably have to charge a little bit for that. But we'll work that out. I'll, I'll look at all the details. And uh, we'll make that work. I just don't want to deny anyone who really wants one. And I appreciate the support greatly. So again, if you join, send me a direct message on Patreon. Let me know. Because I'm not going to sit there and like write everyone and bug them. Like if you want one, just let me know on there. And we'll we'll work it out. Uh, if not, no, no worries either. I appreciate the support. But uh, be happy to sign it. If you want me to go ahead and ruin one of these, I'll sign it, and I'll ship it to you uh, probably USPS. That's probably the best and cheapest way to do so. And I'll pack it nice to where it won't get damaged like a bunch of other assholes who put them in fucking envelopes and shit. No, won't be doing that. All right, so you can you can choose between personal invitation, higher standards, R&B, Nothing's Forever, Horizon Shift video game soundtrack, and the Heine House USB stick. Uh, mixtape. I think there's 18 or 19 songs on here. Pretty cool. Bunch of live drumming and some remixes. Some remixes uh, from this album, too, that are, are, are unreleased. So, Okay. Hey. Love you guys so much. Thank you so much for being here. Heinehouse.com and all the rest is coming up in the outro. Hey. We'll see you next time. Have a great week. Catch you later. That's all for this episode of Heine House Live. Thank you all so much for being here. This podcast is directly supported and funded by your generous pledges given on Patreon. You know, and if you're sitting there like, hey, you know, thanks, Jay. I appreciate that. You know, I had a good time. You know, this was a good date. We had a, we had a nice, nice sesh here. Maybe you had a little giggle. You know, maybe you had a little tickle. You know, if you felt a little something, something, had a good laugh, cracked a little smile, you know, swing on by Patreon. Just come on in. You don't even need reservations. It's, it's always open for you, ready to go. Just come on by. Got a bunch of exclusive content, music, all kinds of stuff there for you. And of course, how about social media? If you're on the interwebs, maybe you're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you can find me at handle at Heine House. And lastly, of course, audio questions. Please get those going. Get on the horn. You know, get on the the bullhorn. Maybe you want to get on the string and cup. And maybe you got a talk boy. Maybe you want to submit that to me via talk boy. That would be fantastic. Bust out the cassettes. Submit those audio questions via email. HeineHouseLive at gmail.com. And of course, the real-time community chat can be found in our Discord server where the party never ends. It continues all night long. HeineHouse.com. Come. See y'all in the next one. Bye now.